Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, and I'm joined today by two fabulous beings of light, and uh, they've both been on the show before. But I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a little bit of a bio uh, introduction for both of them because uh, they really deserve that, and uh, I think it, it'll give the audience a little bit of a taste uh, of what both these amazing women are all about. So Penny, Penny Kelly is a writer, teacher, author, publisher, consultant, naturopath, physician, and researcher of consciousness. Early in her career, she was an engineer for Chrysler Corporation, but left there in 1979. After a full, spontaneous awakening of Kundalini to study the brain, consciousness, intelligence, intuition, and cognition. This led to her being contacted by Dr. William Levengood, biophysicist who was researching crop circles, animal mutations, and ET landing sites. In addition to his study of unusual abilities of consciousness, the result was over 15 years of collaboration and a mentorship in which he taught her the basics of plasma physics, which is the basis of crop formations in all interactions of matter. Penny lives and writes in Lawton, Michigan. You know, Penny, I was like, maybe I won't say all of that, but I was like, once I got going, I was like, wow, this is, this is fun. <laughs> this is some, this is a fun little bio. And Patty Greer was an award-winning musician, documentary filmmaker, public speaker, from 2007, 2017, she was an expert and avid experiencer of the UK crop circles and received eight prestigious awards for amazing films, which they are quite amazing. We're going to get a little clip of that early, uh, later in the show. Patty toured the USA and Canada, sharing her films and speaking at most of the UFO events. She was the first UFO filmmaker to deliver the real science that was discovered in the lab of William Levengood and Kenny Pelly, uh, Penny Kelly in a film. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little tongue tied. So better stop there. <laughs> All right, ladies, uh, where, where would you like to start? You know, I have lots of stuff. So just for the audience, we're going to talk, um, uh, fairies. We're going to talk of crop circles. We're going to talk about, you know, crops and you know uh how to, how, to, how to do the best crops because i'm as you guys have been noticing i've been growing my own crops back here but i have some technology uh that that i have here that i can't really talk up too much about but uh it's it's along the same lines as what uh uh miss kelly has and uh, i love it so you guys want to uh where you want to start crop well, circles think, yeah crop i think circles. a lot of people are like what's a crop circle so here is a really nice one it's got 409 individual circles. Now, mm. each one of those circles, when you're in it, you think, wow, what a great crop circle. And then there's this little opening and you go in it and there's another circle and another. And ultimately, this is 409 circles that are perfect circles. And they're arranged in Fibonacci sequence spiral. I mean, it's mathematically perfect. It's geologically amazing. And um, it happened overnight. There's only three hours of darkness. So for people that think crop circles are made by humans with boards and ropes, uh, not this one. 
And my friend Charles Mallet, who ran the research center, was there at 5.30 in the morning. He said it rained all night. So his boots were like slosh, slosh to get around the perimeter, not one footstep. Mm. The crop circle's real. This is one of the most amazing ones. So that's my open. That's what a crop circle looks like. And uh, many of them are very, very real. Well, that, that sounds really great. <clears throat> we probably should stay on a crop circle since we, you brought it up like that. And we have a video uh, that we can look at. Penny, what, what, is, what are your thoughts on uh, the crop circles? Um, I would say, you know, that whole business of they're fake. Um, they're not. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know if somebody paid those guys to say they made crop circles, but they could not make the kinds of changes in the physiology and the in the um, seed productivity and the structure of of those plants you can't make those kinds of changes without destroying the plant so i think Levengood investigated 309 crop circles he had evidence got materials they did samples from over 309 i think he said the huge majority were real. There were a, like a half a dozen that were fake. And he said it was immediately obvious, I immediately. He said there was no change in the cell structure. There was no change in the, um, in the, in the way that the cellulose in the plant was uh, growing. All those changes are natural and they exist in almost every real crop circle. So, I think crop circles are important because they give us a window into, hey, there's a there's a kind of energy out here. What is that? And what, how come, why, how is it that it makes these forms, these patterns? And I think what people don't understand is that within the energetic soup that we live in, there are all sorts of patterns and matter collects along those patterns and we end up with physical matter and why we aren't investigating that i mean i can probably speculate and would get us in trouble um so we won't go there but um that introduction those crop circles are an introduction to what i'm going to call the plasma physics basis of the energy the healing of the future of everything that we do in the future yes. so not only healing, but food production. The yeah. most amazing thing that Penny and Lefty, William Levengood, discovered in the lab, she had to tell me five days in a row. I stayed at her house for three days. I ended up staying three weeks. And we brought in a film crew, and I filmed Penny and made my final movie, Crop Circle Diaries, because Penny knew things that after making seven movies, I had no idea that there was a real science, that there were scientists in the lab, such as herself and William Levengood, that had been really researching the crops. And she was talking about the abnormalities. I don't know if you can see it, but you, you can see that, see the burn mark in that bend of wheat? Mm -hmm. So Penny, what, and the curve of the other one with a little bit of burn mark? Penny, wow. describe to the audience how it's getting bent like that and burned and elongated and blown. What's going on in the plant? Um, well, when a plant is growing, 
if you've got this long skinny thing sticking straight up, um, it needs reinforcement about every five, six inches. And a plant will therefore create a node that is uh, kind of like a knee joint, allows a, you know, a little bit of bending without breaking and a little bit of flexibility. And so when you have a crop circle, which is a combination of electric fields, magnetic fields, microwaves, mm. um, thermal gradients, all sorts of chaotic fields, spinning and turning and churning, et cetera. If it's got more microwaves than say, um, you know, electrical energy or uh, there's too much uh, therm too many thermal gradients and it's too hot, then what happens is that the juice inside that little stem begins to boil and the nodes blow out. They, they just simply blow out and they explode. The plant itself is made of plastic. All plants have, all green plants have cellulose. It's what we used to call plastic when I was a girl. You know, we had cellulose combs and cellulose brushes for our hair and stuff like that. Um, now we just call it plastic. But um, that cellulose is very, very plastic and it would melt and bend. And the plant, of course, would keep right on growing. Mm. Um, the, that doesn't happen in a fake, um, in some kind of a fake crop circle. The plants get broken. Um, the stems are crushed. Uh, it's too much repair for the plant to deal with. When you have um, a microwave or you have these counter-rotating vortices with all these energies stacked up in them in layers, and those counter-rotating vortices, um, the patterns are formed by the way those energies are stacked and arranged within the vortices. And they're communicating with one another. In fact, they depend on one another in order to maintain whatever pattern they're going to create. And so, and it lays out in the field within a matter of minutes. It's, it's a boom, that quick. Wow. So energy is everything. And when plants get hit with energy, if they survive, which most of them do um, in a real crop circle, then they have what they do is respond intelligently by boosting their capacity to produce antioxidants, to be able to um, assess their environment much more accurately. They build that wisdom into the seed, and then that seed grows like gangbusters and produces a lot more, a lot more fruit or product. We call everything fruit, um, whether it's a wheat or a grain. I think I mentioned that the last time we talked, but it's really, important to understand that um, we have been doing things for the last four or five decades that completely destroy the economy of mother nature and the way that she produces things. And the crop circle is a way of renewing a field and the plants in it and you take those seeds and you plant those elsewhere, and they are able to overcome the destruction that we have created to some degree. If we were to do other things that made that created living soil, yeah, then it, we we'd be drowning in food. We'd be drowning in it, and it would be high nutrition, high density nutrition. So, Fantastic. so 
the way that I took that in after five days of asking you, pound it in my head, please, again, again, <laughs> again. She's like, Patty, why are you holding your hands around your head? And I said, it actually gave me a headache. You're kind of blowing my brain out. Say it again. And she's like, Patty, stop. And I was like, no, I'm serious. So what all that meant um, in simple terms, because it might have been over the top for a lot of new crop circle people, um, is that we're claiming after scientific research that crop circles are coming out of the earth in vortices of plasma spinning. They're coming out of the earth with intention of creating a particular crop circle. That's an image of a pictogram or mathematics or sacred geometry and such as sacred geometry is a mandala that is all the way around, even on all sides from the center. Now, if you saw this from straight up, it is a mandala. It is sacred geometry. Here's another one on the cover of this, sacred geometry. What I found fascinating was that a lot of the sacred geometry crop circles, if I printed and put a pin in the middle and spun it, I saw propulsion. I saw lighting systems. I, I My brain just went crazy. So here we are looking at this thing that we think is just a mandala, a spiritual symbol. But actually, when we use it for technology, I found 60 crop circles that when I spun them, and I don't know um, all those things about propellers and things, but boy, you could tell that that baby could take off or light up a spaceship or some kind of vehicle of the future. Breathtaking. So the seeds are growing 30 to 400% more food and biofuel per mm. plant with up to 75% more nutrition per seed. And she was really um, not elaborating fully in simple terms. So I'm going to keep it so simple because she's more scientific. And I'm like, just listening, going, okay, I think what that means is this, but it took <laughs> me three weeks. So now I've got what it means is that not only do the seeds continue to grow, but they become super seeds that will grow when the weather is too hot too cold, too wet, too dry, too anything. These are super seeds that will overcome. And like she said, we're going to have almost too much food. Oh, stop God and God us. You know, I mean, won't it be great? I know. I mean, look at, look at what's going on in Texas right now, where they have an incredible drought in, in certain areas where they're having to unfortunately slaughter 80% of their cattle because there's no grass. It's so sad. And look, these technologies could be helping right now, yeah. but they, they, they shut them down. Yeah. Do you there ladies want to look at the uh, crop circle uh, film now? In, in, in a minute. I just want okay. to finish this incredible mm -hmm. piece of Penny and Lefty in the lab with this technology of, okay, we've got spinning plasma fields. How can we possibly re-engineer this so that we can create it in the lab mm -hmm. and, um, perhaps save the food supply. I'm going to let Penny tell you about the charge density plasma machine. Yeah. Well, well, um, God, where do I begin? So there's several versions of it. Um, when I was first introduced to it, and this is the simplest way to um, think about it, uh, Lefty had these plates, these aluminum plates that were um, stacked up on his bench. And those plates were kind of like this, um, probably five inches apart. And they were held together or held up. The top one was held up by these posts. 
And um, that was it. It was just sitting there. And there were some wires that went off to the side. And I said to him, what is that thing? And he said, that's a Widmannstatten machine. Comes from Germany. And it was a machine that produced electrostatic charges. And so you would put some seeds on the bottom plate, turn the thing on, you could decide how strong of a charge you wanted to generate. And you would hit those seeds with the, um, this machine and that would then end up um, causing those seeds to freak out. They would be so overwhelmed by that electromagnetic pulse that they were unable to do anything except focus on healing. So the first few times Lefty hit these seeds um, with this charge, he put them in the germination chamber uh, right away. Nothing happened. And he said, well, you know, what did I expect? I didn't think they would live. I didn't think they would make it. So he put them in a, a dish on the corner of his bench and he left them there. About two months later, something like that, he was cleaning his lab went to throw out those seeds and the slow voice in him said, don't throw those out. Don't throw those out. And he had learned that he needed to listen to that little voice. It was an important part of scientific discovery. And he thought, you know, I wonder what would happen if I put them in the germination chamber again. So he did that. And to his ever loving amazement, in half the time of normal germination, mm. they were um, almost all of them had germinated. Typically, you're going to get 50 to 80 percent germination um, and almost every single seed. There might have been one or two that didn't or that was very slow in germinating, but was still germinating. It had those seeds created a bigger root mass. Um, we sent them to the lab for um, assessment, they call it. And these, there are these labs that will assess seeds and they assess how vulnerable those seeds are to molds, to mildew, to bacteria, to heat, to cold, to drought, to mechanical disturbances. And they came back and said, we've never seen anything like this. No mold, no mildew, no bacteria, no viruses, um, an extraordinary uh, ability to flex with whatever the temperature is. With a plant, if you get one degree of flex, that can be the difference between life and the death of the plant. These had two degrees in both directions. Um, the, the plants were much more resilient. They grew more and they produced a lot, a lot more. And so they said, what the heck, where did you get these seeds? And uh, I don't think we ever responded. We just said, just give us the report. That's all we want. So, oh, yeah. Smart. <laughs> yeah. So that really, um, you know, says that we have some technologies. We have some capacities. Mm -hmm. we, um, we could do a lot more. And, and the energetics of that, if you then take that food that's grown um, and has super nutrition, when you have uh, people eating high nutrition foods, you get high consciousness levels, very expansive. And that was my interest in the whole thing was the expansion of consciousness to be able to reach into other fields of existence, other levels, other dimensions, and begin to 
uh, begin to, how do I say it smoothly? Uh, we'll just say begin to communicate and begin to acknowledge and realize that this isn't all there is, this little three-dimensional um, thing that we have going here. There are many, many dimensions and many, many forms of life. And we are at a point where if we don't do that, if we don't expand consciousness, we're going to destroy ourselves. Yeah. We have to get smarter. We have to get less foolish, less greedy, less selfish, less, you know, less fearful. Um, and you cannot do that if you're not healthy. So that was my original interest in the lefty was interested in my skills of consciousness, but I was interested in his research. And that really kind of worked very well um, because what I saw was that um, he was on a path that would uh, lead to the higher consciousness, the more expansive consciousness that I had been working to try to get people to understand and step into for 20 years before I even met him. Mm. So, so that's, uh, I think it's quite a wonderful uh, path that we have in front of us. And yeah, I see all the stuff coming apart, but my big focus is on what's coming together. Yeah. So, good, good. Me that's, too. that's what I maintain as well that, uh, you know, sometimes the, the old needs to just basically disintegrate because it's a, it's a system that's right. been, uh, proven to be ineffective and for yeah. that to really go away has, has to collapse. And, uh, but we have the, we have the solutions. I mean, the, and they, they will step up and they will manifest on levels that will stun people. Cause just like you, both you ladies are talking about, you yeah. know, the, the, the level of reproductive, uh, capability that these plants have and the level where they can like, you know, perform in, in different environments, uh, that yeah. normally they wouldn't be able to, We'll, we'll turn a lot of things around because if, if everyone's well fed, yep. we're, we're good to go. And uh, yeah. if everyone has good income, we're even better. Yeah. So we can, we can replace these old systems that have been uh, corrupting and, uh, you know, uh, destroying humanity for a long time. And, yeah. and we're, we're right there. We are indeed. I want to explain one more thing before we go to the clips so that people don't get lost and spin their eyes like. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, and this is what made me hold my brain together when Penny kept pounding it into me every morning. Patty, it's easy. It's like, yeah, for you. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so the science of spinning plasma vortices, creating crop circles, we have to connect coming out of the ground, spinning, counter rotating to all of a sudden there's something on the ground and that's going to be the hardest piece i think the hardest piece though is for people to understand that the earth is a living entity she's alive she grows trees and plants and forests she has oceans and rivers and um, energy fields and all these activities of different frequencies but the earth is alive and i believe after all the research i've done in eight movies I believe that crop circles are coming out of the earth from the mother herself, communicating with us in a language we all understand. Not a language that, you know, some people understand, but we have to have it translated. These are pictures, pictograms, sacred geometry, like I said earlier, mathematics, um, 
gosh, Fibonacci, Mandelbrot, we've seen everything. Mathematically amazing in crop circles. We've seen Morse code. We've seen binary codes, big, massive messages. So you know there's a major intelligence involved in this. But what we're going to see in this video are two balls of light. And this is just uh, artwork of it. And this is artwork. But between those balls of light, right before the field went down, they communicated in a binary code. Again, this is a piece of art. I don't expect you to say, oh, wow, that's fake. Yeah, this is a cover of a movie. But what we're going to see in the video is two balls of light laying down a crop circle in seconds. Okay, what are the balls of light? And I want Penny to somehow connect the base of a spinning plasma vortex, in my opinion, and this is just my perception, but I want her to elaborate more. I think what we have is these two spinning vortices, and when they spin to the exact frequency to create the perfect message, they communicate between them, but at the base of the spinning vortex, it gets so hot that the human eye can actually see a ball of light over a field. They're always in pairs, when they lay the crop circle down but we filmed them a few times three different photographers i know of have filmed balls of light in crop circles mm. and then boom the next morning there's a crop circle so what are the balls of light am i correct that it's the base of the spinning vortex are these balls of light that's correct yeah when you have a, a rotating vortex um down at the bottom what that vortex is doing is channeling energy Okay, that's channeling energy down to the peak, that very tip. Down at that tip, you can have up to 10,000 volts of electricity. That electricity sparks, and that's the ball of light. Okay, now keep in mind that the human being, animals, plants, trees, everything is constructed of millions of little tiny counter-rotating vortices that blink this or spark this little light on over and over and over. Hmm. And that is, we are electrical creatures. We blink on and off. I forget how many millions of times or trillions of times per second, um, because we are um, emitting light and that has information in it. So you got this rotating vortex and energy is channeled down through the cone, through the vortex. And then it hits that peak at the bottom. And as it splays out in every direction, 360 degrees, there'll be a pattern that it splays out into. And that pattern is what sets the pattern that ends up in the field or if it's making a liver or it's making a thigh bone or it's making an eyeball, same thing. It's creating whatever form that it um, is, that it's particular arrangement of frequencies is designed to create. And that spark of light becomes the basis of matter. So um, I hope that's not too complex. No, that's, so that's very well said. Thank you. Okay. It's a lot more. I thought it was the frequency when they hit the right frequency to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's what lit them up. But in, instead, it's electricity and a spark that makes this huge ball of light that's visible in the field day or night. That's right. Okay. That's right. And that light, that that spark, 
um, is going to be bigger or smaller depending on the size of the vortex and how much energy it's channeling down through the center of that that um, cone, um, that vortex shape. So um, yeah, it's um, we have a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. Uh, call it science that I think we're going to uncover and go, oh my gosh, look at this. Oh my gosh, look at that. We've been playing with electricity for a lot of years, but the whole idea of what is plasma and how do we come to be, that's all implicit in those counter-rotating vortices. It's very, very difficult to have one, one freestanding vortex Typically, that's going to be very destructive. When you have a counter rotating, when you have a pair, then you get pattern making. If you have just one, then you get pattern destruction. So, and you can see that in the tornadoes that move across the land. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're coming into a time when I hope people get interested in the science and, the, and understand how it works and how we come to be and how things grow or how they don't grow or why, what is sickness? Sickness is when your frequencies are out of tune. They're not, or they're not working together. So, you know, you correct that and the disease goes away. Plasma healing. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So counter to that, unfortunately, is that now we know we can create matter uh, yep. with consciousness mm. with plasma right. and focus right. and intention the unfortunate thing is that when we spin the vortex this way we create matter but if we have ill intent and we're not nice people we can also spin it the opposite way and destroy matter which she had mentioned like a tornado well yeah okay but that's not about spin that's a different but it's not about uh, it's not about uh well okay, let me say you can't assign good and evil you can't assign um it, all you can do is say that's the way the energy is moving okay so it's if you get into that whole good and evil thing then none of the science holds up because you're trying to fit it into one of these two boxes and it's, it's mm -hmm. way more diverse than that. So, yeah. yeah. What, what I, what I noticed is like when hurricanes come in some places, it's where they, there's been a lot of, uh, not good things done to the environment. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're trash in the environment and the, yeah. the hurricane can be basically coming in to clean that to start a regeneration right. process. And I've noticed that in some of the storms. Yep. So I, I move storms around. We're talking about consciousness. I move storms around. I pull storms. I push storms. I've been doing it for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, everyone has that ability. And I've trained a lot of people to do it. They're like, I, yeah. I started doing that. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Because we can do that. <laughs> Just like, uh, you know, uh, Patty was talking about. Our consciousness is very, very po powerful. Once we understand that and start to utilize it correctly, uh, that we can transform our world into the, the you know, the world that we want. Right. And let me add one more thing. Um, when you have this counter rotating vortices, I said energy comes down the cone and it splays out in every direction. When those two things are rotating in perfect unison, perfect harmony, there's going to be a point that is a point of communication between the two where the energy coming from one is being communicated to the other and vice versa. And um, yeah, and you end up with this 
line of communication that holds the pattern that those two things are capable of creating. And you see that all the time. On, I, I don't have a book here. Um, you see that on the back of books, you know, the barcode. Mm -hmm. You go to the store and they, they shine the little light on the barcode. It reads it, all that information. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. That's a set of, yeah, there. <laughs> that's information that is being communicated to a computer for our sake. But in the two vortices, that's information about what are we doing? What are we creating? What is our pattern? Where's our direction? Um, all of that's contained in that bar where those two um, swing around and exactly trade information. So um, it's not rocket science. It's, it's very clear and it's very easy to get, but um, I think people haven't, don't have enough uh, background in really good science um, and really interesting science. I think the way science is taught today is like, you know, most, most people just tune out or it's lost. It doesn't become real. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those, I have all those photos directly from lefty um, and they are, and you can see every detail in them. It's like, Oh, wow. It's amazing. So, well, I will yeah. say one of my favorite chapters of my life is playing in the crop circles and yeah. then what I, icing on my cake was meeting Penny Kelly a year after William Levengood had died. And uh, he came and visited me twice that I know of for sure. And that's in the film. I don't want to go into that story. But I met Lefty after he died. And he definitely brought Penny and I together with intention. It was like magic. And she talked about Lefty and that little voice that said, don't throw the seeds away. That was the little voice that made all of my movies, you know, and it, yeah. Oh, little voice constantly. I'd be like, oh, God, I'm so tired. I'm sleeping. It's three in the morning and didn't matter. Get up, you know, that's a perfect so, time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's when the magic happens. And, yeah. you know, when you listen to that little voice, um, and you have trust in, you know, the greater universe, great things happen and so much fun making these yeah. movies. But for me to go back and look at this clip that I, we're about to see mm -hmm. today, when I saw it was me and Penny five years ago in yeah. my final film, Crop Circle Diaries, where we share the whole science. This is an amazing seven minute clip if we go through the whole thing. And um, you'll see how crop circles happen. This was filmed by a guy named John Wavy in 1996. And everybody denied it and said, oh, it's fake. Well, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And when I found the communication between the two balls of light, I showed it to Penny Kelly. And she said, oh, wow, what a great photo of two plasma balls communicating. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Oliver's Castle, the crop circle footage. And it was just a total surprise. But I had taken it to the community because everybody said, oh, you need to show it to the big boys, you know, the famous guys and get them to pat you on the shoulder and say, wow, that's really real. And um, they didn't really. They didn't want girls to blah, blah, blah. So I don't know why. But um I was really um, 
it, it wasn't supported well. And then all of a sudden, a Native American that I went in a lot of crop circles with at the end of this seven minutes called me and he said, actually, I ran into him at a Native American gig where I was a speaker. And so was he. He said, you have to come to my house. I have a gift for you. And I was filming with Penny and he handed me this footage where Mr. Famous, who had denied everything about my work being true, where he, he said for the Native American fabulous man, um, yes, it's absolutely real. It's plasma. They're spinning. They're going, in, you know, counter rotating. It's just great. And so um, I said to Bear Cloud, oh, my gosh, this is the opposite of blah, blah. And I need you to sign something giving me permission. He says, oh, Patty, you can trust me. And I trust you. And I said, yeah, it's not us I'm worried about. So he signed it and I put it in the film. And it's priceless, in my opinion. So I think that this little clip here really gives us the full picture now that Penny and I have talked about what you're going to see with the spinning vortices and the balls of light creating a crop circle. And uh, when I when I first saw it, so I always thought that crop circles were fascinating, but I was like, what are they trying to say? I knew they were trying to say stuff. And I wish yeah. I had known someone that could tell me. And then I met Patty and... Uh, I was blown away. So you guys are going to be blown away by this. This is absolutely phenomenal footage. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Yeah, it is. So I finished my first movie. And I couldn't believe how easy it was. It was almost effortless. So we started to head out to the deck and I looked over my shoulder and I said, whoa, there's a blue orb on the monitor. And he came back in and he looked and he said, Patty, that monitor's unplugged from the wall. And I looked at the blue orb and I said, that's not even an orb in the movie. And all of a sudden, the hair went up on my arms. Goosebumps, chills. I felt like, God, I feel like I'm in a crop circle. And you could see the hair standing up on my arms and the goosebumps. And I said, they're in the house. And that was the first time I realized that they were with me. It was very, very blatant that it was something from another world that was in the house. And the floor editor looked at me and he goes, you look weird. And I said, uh-huh, I feel weird. Turn the gear back on. When anyone sees or feels or hears a communication coming from another dimension, quite often there will be some ball of light that accompanies that. You may notice it, you may not. Um, very often a blue ball of light actually indicates that truth that there's a truth being spoken or being worked with or being dealt with or being communicated. I said, show me the Oliver's Castle footage where two balls of light lay a crop circle down in seconds. Show it to me again. He said, why? I said, I don't know, just do it. So he lit it up and I watched it and I said, reverse it. He said, why? I said, I don't know, just do it. So he reversed it. We watched it. The chills came back and I said, slow it down. He said, how slow? I said, I don't know, 30%. 
And we both looked at each other like, where did that number come from? Why did I say that? I said, I don't know, just do it. Boom. There it is. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Boom. When I first looked at this picture, I did not know anything about Oliver's Castle. I just saw two balls of plasma communi communicating with one another. Yes. And it was it was just that simple. They are the um, you know, the balls of plasma or the the light at the bottom of those vortexes, vortices that are creating the 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 crop circle. When Patty reversed it or slowed it down, she actually revealed the communication, which is instantaneous. When you have plasma, plasma communicates almost instantly. It travels immediately everywhere. And that's just one of the features of plasma. So what you're seeing here is, is basically Oliver's castle is being laid down and that pattern that showed up is a result of that black and white bar between those two plasma balls that contains the pattern. They're telling one another what they're doing, what each one is doing. Yes. Well, I feel really lucky that I've been able to have all this equipment at my disposal for over 20 years now to investigate pictures about claims of the paranormal. One of the other interesting uh, photographic analysis cases that I worked on was in 1996 was the Oliver's Castle situation um, <laughs> where a group of people were manning cameras on hilltops and one particular controversial person videotaped a crop circle being formed by orbs of light. Following day, for reasons that were important to him, um, he passed on the tape to other people and then vanished. And the tape became controversial because of the way he had handled it. But in truth, there was a crop circle there. Mm -hmm. Literally, the same morning as when he showed up with the videotape. And I analyzed that videotape and I found it to be quite astounding that the property of the, of the light, the orbs, once again, similar, if not identical to what we found in the Phoenix lights a year later. But here we have these three lights flying over a field that it's not just forming a crop circle in analyzing it frame by frame there are ripples that are moving out like throwing a rock in a pond as the ripples are turning and develop spokes that are moving backwards like a wagon wheel you know you look at a covered wagon and it's going forward but the wheels start to look like they're going backwards counter rotating as there's spokes that are turning backwards and forwards and then quickly moves back in and whoosh, there's the pattern Ha, ha, ha. 
knows, and I know. I know what's true. I know that this is not something that was faked. It was not something that was a mistake. It's not something that's an accident. It's something really incredible. Weird. It's cropcirclefilms.com, not pattygreer.net. <laughs> wow, huh? Yeah. Amazing. Very nice. And we needed to explain it or nobody would have gotten it. It's just yeah. so, it took me five days. She hurt my brain. <laughs> well, I think the big thing that was the stumbling block was that you had another whole set of concepts about crop circles. And so I was whittling away at those giving you a scientific explanation for everything that you brought up. And, af and after a while, it was like, yeah, you are hurting my brain. So, um, but hardest, you're not. You're yeah, not. the hardest thing people have issue with, which I only see in comments is, oh, the earth isn't alive. She's oh, not, yeah. She's oh, not yeah. communicating. You know, again, I don't want to mock all the comments. <laughs> but when people don't realize that the earth is alive, that's a very interesting statement it's like saying we're not alive right yeah exactly and i think that's a statement that is commonly um perceived to be true it's not alive that isn't true and that's the basis of a lot of the destruction that we perpetrate it's too bad we shouldn't be doing that mm -hmm. so uh that that's absolutely amazing. How does that relate to like farming and uh, elementals like fairies and stuff like that? You you've talked about in our last show. You kind of mentioned yeah. at the end about fairies. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I I've had experiences where uh, I've been in the wilderness for long periods of time uh, on the Pacific Crest Trail, and I I was I was in dire need of water, uh, probably at the point of uh, expiring because I didn't have water. And I, you know, based consciously brought it in because I've been able to bring in rain, but usually it takes like three days. I concentrate yeah. on it, concentrate on it, then it comes in. Yeah. But I didn't have that time. I, I was like in desperate need. So it came in uh, within hours, uh, a massive oh. storm and uh, it rained in an area that was like totally drought ridden. Oh my God. I, I remember going down through this valley and it was like, I could, I couldn't see them, but I could feel. Oh Yeah the fairies were like rejoicing. And I thought at the time it was like, well, I, I brought it in for myself, but no, I brought it in for the plants oh. and everything else. And they were, they were rejoicing. They were like thanking me. And I was, and yeah. now in hindsight, when I look back on that, I'm like, ah, and I'm getting chills right now talking about it, but it was like, oh my God, you know? And I remember going to this one little pond and the frogs were out, they're like singing. I'm like, and I fell asleep under the under the stars with a frog singing to me. So it was, it was pretty cool. Very nice. 
Wow. Yeah, I um, have been in communication with elves and fairies and divas for a long time. Mm. Um, that's something that not everybody, I mean, most people, even I, in the, in the early experiences, um, just poo-pooed that. You know, that wasn't real. That couldn't have been real. I'm sure that was, you know, but in the end, um, later, when I met some elves here on the farm, um, they referred to my first one or two instances, uh, which blew my mind. And and I wrote about it in my book, The Elves of Lily Hill Farm. But the um, that whole experience really... Up until that point, up until I started that communication and made that deal with them. And then, you know, the rest is history. But that was, I had this attitude of, what are you talking about? You're communicating with plants. What do you mean you're, you know, the earth is alive? What do you mean? The, all of that. Um, the little men in brown robes were the first, one of the first groups I communicated with that were other dimensional beings. And mm. they were the first ones to say the earth is a living being. Mm. And I, that blew my mind then. And then you kind of like set that aside. Let's put that over here and not pay any attention to that. I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. But then when it comes up again and again and again, and then it all starts to come together, and then you begin to understand the science behind it, um, that's when you go, oh, wow, okay. Um, geez, guys, I'm sorry I insulted you by saying you were a figment or you were, you know, whatever. But um, very, very real effects and very, very powerful um, and we do have the, the wind, the rain, the planet is waiting for us to return to the conversation. They have said nothing is working because you have dropped out. So there are pictures of fairies. Um, people who can call them have sent me pictures. I have drawings of my own elves, the ones that I've been dealing with since 1990. So that's 22 years. Wow. Um, the um the ability to communicate you test yourself i'm going to say it this way deliberately you test yourself with what's around you and if you have proven to be in integrity and as one of my elves said just keep your word would you um <laughs> like ah, okay um then once you establish that integrity, then other beings, that's information that's carried in your field. And they read you just like an open book. Um, other beings, ETs, uh, divas, etc. Divas are extremely beautiful and extremely intelligent and powerful. Mm. Um, and so we have a long way to go, I think, in terms of getting comfortable with Mother Nature and beginning to communicate as if it matters, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But once you do that, once you start getting responded to, um, it's a combination of wonderful and scary um, and powerful all at the same time. So um, there are plants that will listen to you and will change their chemistry for you um and this is widely known i think in plant spirit medicine that if you're out in the wild 
and you know plants and you know what you need, you know, you get a cut or you um, have an infection or I don't know, you have a fever or you, let's say you have diarrhea. That's the most common thing. Um, you don't have access to a plant that would stop diarrhea, but you can ask a plant that you know, don't ask poison ivy, but you ask a plant that you know, um, you know, would you be willing to shift your chemistry and so that I could, you know, chew on a leaf or eat a little bit of the root and stop this diarrhea, I think I'm getting dehydrated. And you give it 20 to 30 minutes and it will change its chemistry and it will save your life. Um, you know, if it's an infection, uh, that's another thing. You can say, I need you to do this or that. Um, and plants, that's what they're for. They're here to take care of us. So in the when I asked Aldi, um, one of the people who said to me, you know, um, I was on a talk show actually, and they were really upset because they had been trying to get elves and fairies and divas to show up for a long time and nothing ever happened. And they were angry because they had read my book and they said, you weren't even interested. You weren't even, you didn't even believe. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm skeptical. I'm, I mm must, -hmm. you know, I'm just not a gullible kid. And, um, and so she asked, um, you know, would you ask your elves to come and talk with me? So in my next conversation with Alvy, I said, Alvy, um, you know, there's this woman and she's over by Cleveland. Would you, um, you know, would you talk to her? Would you show up for her? And he said, no. And I said, why not? And he said, because we don't deal with doormats. And that was this huge um, wake up for me. It was, um, we had a little bit of a conversation after that about that. He said, we can't afford to waste time with people who will swallow every single thing we say without discerning whether that's good for them or not. And that was a big aha for me. I think there's a lot of people out there who think that fairies and elves and divas and angels and all those other beings are absolutely knowledgeable about us and our needs and our limitations, and they're not. Alvi said to me one time, we've learned a lot from you. You're the only one who talks back to us. So, <laughs> um, so I think there's a door that's open there for... Um, you know, for others, when I said to him, what are you guys? And he said, um, tell people that we are the intelligences that manage your trees, your flowers, your vegetables, your fruits. And, you know, and we have only presented ourselves to you this way as an elf in order to get your attention, to hmm. let you know that there are intelligences out here to work with. And that was a big revelation like oh okay so that conversation that work that collaboration has been going on for a long time now um it's really been pretty wonderful um in many many ways so yeah, I, yeah. looking at your books oh my god i know you said you've written a lot of books but these these are amazing yeah. books <laughs> not not your average books so I see no. uh, the one the one that I'm going to get right away, the Elves of Lily Hill Farm, because I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by that. 
And then, of course, you've written just recently uh, Planet Earth, February of this year. So this is yeah. uh, also quite fascinating. Yeah, there's I've gotten a lot of feedback on that um, mm -hmm. Planet Earth. So it's um, I'm what I'm trying to do is to get people to um, expand their consciousness, not be afraid of the future. It's our world. We're creating it. Let's do something that we want, <laughs> at least. Mm -hmm. So, and let's take um, into account the energies that are at our fingertips. Um, the one thing that Lefty and I did that I think is absolutely amazing in terms of uh, uh, plasma consciousness, plasma and consciousness, is that plasma responds directly and immediately to consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So if you are talking bad about the world, what are you creating? If you're talking, you know, oh, I never feel good. I know I'm always tired. What are you reinforcing? That you never feel good or you're always tired or, 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 um, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to heal something. People expect instant healing. That isn't the way it happens. When I started working with my skin cancer, nine years, nine years it took before that was finally healed. So many little things. I Okay, this is it. And it wasn't. It was a piece, but it wasn't the whole thing. And what happens is that you end up having to restructure your whole life in order to come up with a lifestyle that nurtures life. So that's a big, that's a big lesson. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love Patty's films. <laughs> so, well, Penny's done written and co-written what twenty-four books. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've got Only thirty, so she's been working hard. <laughs> oh, no Thank you. Wow. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, my, your skin looks like butter. I mean, you just look so young every time I see you. You just look ageless. I know. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's um, the goal is to stay alive and healthy until the minute you step out the door and you don't really die. You just go to another world. And I've been to that world more times than I can count. And so it's like, what, you know, why fall apart? What is the logic of that? It doesn't work. Not for anybody. Yeah. So. Well, I haven't um, danced with fairies other than in England. And as I was listening to you talk about the fairies, the divas, the elementals, I realized why another reason the, the epicenter of crop circle appearances has been in southern England. There are more fairy people there than mm -hmm. anywhere I've been. Glastonbury, okay. Avebury, Stonehenge. Yeah all the ceremonies. I mean, people have traversed Europe to come to this sacred zone where there's more sacred sites than anywhere else on earth. So the maps of sacred sites look like a spider web. And then you analyze crop circle appearances on a map. And you find that not only are they in areas with lots of Druid earth people, and they don't have clean cars. They don't have immaculate houses. They're spider webs, but boy, their gardens are great. I so know. Their focus is on the earth, not right. the clean car, 
not the freshly ironed whatever you're wearing. Uh, <laughs> I'm being exaggerated, uh, exaggerative because we haven't ironed in a long time, I'm guessing. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the reasons that crop circles had been in England for so long repeatedly was that the people had the frequency higher than the cement jungle American people. But we do have crop circles in America. We just don't hear about them very much. Yeah. And almost every crop circle sitting over a ley line, which is a line directly between two sacred sites. Almost every crop circle on earth that was documented is sitting over an aquifer of water. That's right. So we've got water, ley line, and druid consciousness, earth, love, consciousness. Let me add something. Let me add a thought. I think that there's um, civilizations living under England, and they are very powerful in their consciousness, and that affects what's up above them. So... Just be aware that that same thing exists in several places. And um, England is one where the ground, the deep earth underneath is just right for, um, for the setup of, of an underground civilization or a group of people who no longer want to live on the surface. They are typically going to be fourth dimensional people. Um, they're still physical. Um, or they're fifth dimensional, but England, Scotland, that there's, there's some stuff under deep underground there. I had so. never thought of that. That is wow. That yeah. is like, boom. I can see where you're talking about Patty. Like, oh, <laughs> ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that people, I think we need to understand that there is almost, well, maybe not quite 8 billion, but there's quite a few people that live inside the planet. Mm -hmm. um, as well as above the planet. We're kind of familiar with those. We see their ships uh, darting around, but there's people inside and they interface with us as well. They come up to the surface, but they don't want any part of our civilization. So um, in just looking at some of the, um, what I'm going to call the other uh, underground places the places that i have found and i just went recently looking in the last six months um england antarctica of course um california nevada along the mountains right there um up in i think it's a british columbia i'm not sure what that i think that is british columbia me and my geography um and then uh romania uh tibet and I'm not sure about China. I haven't gone to look at China yet. Um, and Africa. I think there are several places. Although Africa, I, I do worry about Africa. Africa looks to me when you look at it from a planetary point of view, a psychic point of view. It looks like a giant volcano that came up and all the lava landed on the, on the water and stayed. And uh, there was nothing underneath it. It's like... What's wrong with, oh my God, what, what if that tips over? So I have a couple of times worried about Africa and, you know, what happens if we get into some sort of planetary roll or shift or whatever, and it breaks off of its stem and, you know, goes shooting away somewhere. So, Damn. yeah, it's like on a stem. 
it's really it's really unusual when you see that it's very different so. the planet is on a stem no just africa oh i'm sorry okay yeah Got the it. planet that's another mystery what look at it it's rolling out there what's mother earth her waistline is twenty four thousand miles how is she floating out there in space what is that about <laughs> so you have to know the science in order to be able to explain that and once you know that then you have the science that you can use to travel interplanetary or interstellar mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i had a had a guest on just recently where was talking about how the earth is uh vortex energy so it uh yeah i've heard a lot of people say that so that's uh that's interesting yeah. mm -hmm. It is, yeah, that uh, that vortex changes. It is changing right now. You know, hang on. We're going for a ride, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to point out, Buttercup. only because <laughs> I saw it on the cover. Do you remember this alien face and disc yeah. crop circle? Yeah. All right. Well, the disc there, the round unit, is a binary code. Right. This was in 2002 in Chilbolton. And it was right near a telecommunication tower where this crop circle appeared. Huge alien face disc. Yeah. And it was deciphered by mathematicians and computer experts because binary codes, zeros and ones, can be read. And so yeah. it was read and deciphered. And they did agree that the message was this. Keep in mind, it was after 9-11. Mm -hmm. Beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. Believe there is good out there. We oppose deception. Yep. Conduit closing. Yeah, that's, you think anybody listened? <laughs> Look at the name of my first movie. Wake up call. Anybody listening? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything, but that was the name of my very first crop circle movie. Oh my God, I was so green. It was wonderful. And then a few years later, I made a crop circle update, the wake up call when I thought I knew things about yeah. crop circles. I was, you know, like totally thinking I had it down until I met Penny Kelly. And then it was like, oh. Yeah, but you know what, Patty? That what shows the, it shows the evolution that we go through. And it's a beautiful set of steps that get to the end point of saying, oh, I got it. Thanks. Bye. Next. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of people do you need a minute. Yeah. Somebody's here. Hang on one second. Okay. We'll, we'll talk well, real quick. Pat, Patty, okay. you want to you want to talk about uh, C60? Oh, I could. But I wanted to hold up my collection of movies that yeah. are all in one box. It's got That's the best way to get it. Eight of them in one box, plus my three original music CDs. Most of the movies are my original music. And again, I had no training. I don't even know how I did it other than that little voice that just kept guiding me. So when you open it, it's just pages of movies. You turn the page, it's another movie. And it's half the price of buying the films otherwise. My website is propcirclefilms with an S.com. And um, you can stream the movies for five bucks for a week. And uh, you could probably go a few weeks because I don't think we knock you out after seven days. But um, 
it's really an education. And for me, it's just been nonstop growing. And now that Penny and I, after five years, I called her a few weeks ago and I said, yeah, for doing a few shows, because I yeah. miss crop circles. And all of a sudden, in 2019, the epicenter stopped being in England. It was like, what? And all of a sudden, by June, July, there's hardly any crop circles in England. They were all in France. And they all had a similar pattern, in my opinion, which was crescent moons and planets, balls, on an axis point. And they were arranged in different ways, but they were all in sacred sites in Mother Mary locations, a lot of them, coincidentally, in France. Now, France is on fire right now. Spain is on fire right now. Holy crap. There are so many places on fire right now. And I really hope it's not that reverse plasma field directed energy uh, things <laughs> that could be making these fires. Uh, oops. Uh, but it, it is, there's a reason I mentioned spinning plasma correctly or spinning it in the opposite direction to destroy matter or to send whatever. Uh, Penny, can they actually make fires with plasma frequencies shooting it from something? You can't, yes. The simple answer is yes. The things that I know about what you can do with directed energy, if you know how to manipulate fields, um, we already have lasers. You can start a fire with a laser. Um, you can destroy one single frequency in the heart muscle and the whole thing stops. You can do all kinds of stuff. I, there's just, you know, I don't know that we want to talk too much about the kind of weaponry that's out there that is kept well hidden because they don't want that out there. And, you know, my attitude is, yeah, we don't need you. Um, when you're done, we're going to have your weapons and we're going to use them wisely and well. <laughs> so it's not... It's not a fear thing. It's just like, I don't want to bother with the the stupid ones that think that they're going to run the earth. It's not going to work that way. It's like, sorry, folks. <laughs> just, it's not. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think in terms of weapons and, and what we can do with plasma, mm -mm, there's, I, I, there's almost no limit. I have seen matter created. I have, I know that you can create water out of thin air. You can create atmosphere for an individual specifically tailored to that individual's need for breath or air atmosphere. Um, you can create food that uh, one teaspoon has all of your nutrition. Mm. There's, uh, I know that you like for a big ship, what you're doing with those big ships is manipulating fields so that you are driven through it's the same way the heart and the cardiovascular system works same principle um, you can move through a wormhole you can move through um you know all sorts of space and disintegrate whatever's in your way because there's a lot of stuff out there in space um you just need to know how to use the fields that create matter it's so it, i'm gonna say it's simple principle it's a simple principle but the engineering is um pretty exciting so and there's a big difference between the science and the um what i'm going to call the engineering 
So mm -hmm. I'm just blown away by some of the engineers that that are working on these kinds of things right now. Wow, look at that. So on the 24th of July, this was the new crop circle. Oh, wow. I was, I was leading up to, they moved to France, the epicenter, and then England kind of caught up. And I think it was 16 in England by the end of summer, 17 in France. So it was kind of shocking. 2020 was kind of a blur because COVID and all that. But there was the virus crop circle. May, was it May 28th, uh, 2019? There was a crop circle of the VIRUS thing. And it was blatant. It was definitely that. Yep. And then it was just kind of went silent. So this year, by the middle of July, beginning of July, there were hardly any crop circles, a total of five. Normally, there's dozens, so I was losing it. And I started going public with, what, the mother has spoken? Like, she's done talking to us? Like, why no crop circles? It really, you know, I was affected because I really enjoy them. And all of a sudden, in the last two weeks, there's been five more in mm. two weeks, so right. this is the most recent and instantly, I think everybody can read what this is saying. Now, I never say this is what the crop circle means because everybody's perception, everybody's perception is up to you. And everybody's perception, in my opinion, of crop circles is correct because you see what's in it for you. But I think most people will look at this and say, which one of you wants to say the M word? <laughs> hmm. I would say turn it the other way. Turn it upside down. Can you do that, Michael? I don't know. Let's see. I don't know either. Well, to me, it looked like the Masonic symbol. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that. <laughs> That's the first thing I saw was, oh, Mason symbol with improv. Little crop circles, little, you know, I mean, boy, that's a busy formation. It's got a star, it's got a circle, it's got the compass. Um, really busy formation, and it's blowing up on the internet. But it's the first really interesting one we've had all summer. That is very interesting. Look at the yeah. detail in that. Pretty incredible. And yeah. when you see a field that's brown, you know it's brittle. Yeah. So for the mother to be able to lay acres of brittle wheat into something this meticulous at the yeah. end of July. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know, and, and the contrast, too, is just phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one can recreate that. That's that ridiculous. Anyone could think that could be recreated by a person. Yeah. Like or whatever. Well, my wall on Facebook. Oh, wait, they took me down today for 90 days. They're going to hide me because, oops, I told the truth again. Um but cropcircleconnector.com, cropcircleconnector.com, you can look at every crop circle of the year. You can join. I did for 40, 25 pounds is about 40 bucks then. Now 25 pounds is 25 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When I was going to the crop circles, every pound cost me $2.11. Mm. It was expensive to stay in the B&Bs. It was expensive to make the films. But after my first formation, when those little teeny girl hairs went up on my arm and I saw the formations myself, nothing mattered. Uh, I was dealing with a health issue then with mercury poisoning. All of a sudden, I didn't even care. All I wanted was to go in the next crop circle and just mm -hmm. to be there. And everybody wanted to talk and get to know me and 
I mean, because I'm from America, you know, like who from America goes, you know, and uh, it was like, I really don't want to talk. I just want to be here. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. um, the last thing I want to talk about is that I did get um, wounded at the end of my career, and that's why I quit. But I also feel like I explained the whole science of crop circles, thanks to Penny and Lefty. And thanks to the experience of being so open that she and I got to interact like we did to understand, because she's never even been in a crop circle, but she's a wizard of crop circle science. So it's interesting that, you know, I hadn't been in a lab, but I'd been in more than 100 crop circles over 10 years, 2006 to 2016. And uh, meeting her at the end was uh, priceless because it kind of put the icing on the cake, the bow on the gift to deliver the science to the world for the first time. And yes, there's been other people that went to the lab that wrote peer reviewed papers or whatever from Lefty, but Lefty was really well written and he had more peer reviewed journal entries than anybody else, I think in the field of uh, earth and plants, uh, soil and plants, Mm -hmm. but they hid his work, didn't they Penny? Um, yeah, he was in the beginning, in the early years, he was very well published. He was very well respected. Um, when he decided he was going to investigate crop circles, boom, blackballed from that point forward. So in his attitude at that point was, eh, I don't care. I think the world needs to know this. I think this is something that is important for where we are going as a people. And he just kept going. His attitude, in spite of all of the, um, you know, the criticism and how dare you and the, you know, the the hassle that he underwent, um, it just kind of rolled off of him. He said, eh, I got stuff to do. And he kept doing right until the very end. So uh, he was a wonderful model of how not to get distracted by what's going on out there in the world or by trolls or by, you know, peers who are very rigid or people who really don't know what they're talking about. So I appreciate that very much. I appreciate how lightly you say, oh yeah, I just went and worked with him in the lab once a week. She drove across the entire state of Michigan, across the entire hand to work with him. And then she drove across the entire hand of Michigan. Yeah. you know, well, it was, you know, it was a couple hours, but um, it was really, um, it was really worth it. We oh. got together, we did experiments, we talked on the phone, um, lots of stuff. So, well, he was yeah. so interesting coming to me like he did um, from the dead. Yeah. And I told Penny, she just laughed. She said, oh, yeah, he makes a lot of noise in my house. Yeah. <laughs> he lived in my house for about four or five months after he died and it just kept trying to get me to communicate with him and um and he wanted to tell me that uh that there were certain things that were happening that i needed to know and i was too caught up in the grief over having just lost my mother and then lost him and i was in the process of losing my sister um, who I loved. Oh my God, I did not want to lose my sister. And so I lost all three of them in a very short period of time. 
And that year was a lot of tears that year. And so one day I got mad at him when he was banging around inside the cupboard and, and banging pots and pans. And I yelled and said, Lefty, stop that. Go away. You leave me alone. I, 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 and he did. And then I felt really bad. But he did go away. And then later, I realized he had not gone to the way station, which is where a lot of people go. Um, and I realized he hadn't gone. He was lost out there. It's, a, it's quite a it's quite an experience to leave the body and to not have a plan and to then say to the people who come to get you, go away. Um, he did not go with them when they came to get him at the death and so he got lost out there in that world of dreams it's very dreamlike um mm. if you're not in a stable dimension that's held stable by lots of other people then it can be very dreamlike and changes um and you have a hard time navigating that kind of thing but uh, i found him and uh convinced him that there was a lab waiting for him at the way station which there was and that we could continue to work together on the light that casts no shadows, which was one of the things we were working on at the time that he died. And mm -hmm. so he went, he went back. He's still there. I just talked with him a few weeks ago. So he's doing well. That's wow. the third time I've had chills this show. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't had chills in a while. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> he's quite the guy. He's quite wow. the guy. Yeah. So when I met Penny, um, she had this gentleman friend that came to a gig that I was at. And again, this is so yeah. organized in spirit, meticulously yeah. organized in spirit by Lefty. Uh, this lady came up to me. I was speaker at the International UFO Congress um, in 2014. And she said, you have to come speak at my event in Michigan. And I said, have to? And she said, yes, I'll pay you well. And I said, Okay, so she flew me out and she took very good care of me. And it was all these um, psychics and they were all in tents around the lake and all the people yeah. that came to the event would um, go from tent to tent and have a healing or a reading. It was really cool. And um, I was the keynote speaker. So I was staying at a little hotel nearby and um, Penny's friend. How did I meet him? Oh, he was at the gig that day when yeah. I was speaker and so he at the end of the night i'm sitting on a couch and he's sitting catty corner to me and he looks and he says are you patty greer and i said yes and he introduced himself as stan and um he said i'm very interested in your work and there's somebody i need you to meet uh do you have time and it was like eight at night i didn't know him i'm in michigan it's night like no way <laughs> uh i said well yeah nice of you but did you hear my talk did he goes no and i said have you seen my films? He goes, no. I said, well, how do you know my work? He says, I don't. And I said, well, then why do you want to take me to meet someone? And it's so important. He says, because you need to meet her. Her name's Penny Kelly. Never heard of her. So I was like, well, you know, let me ask around about you and make sure you're not going to ax me up. And maybe tomorrow <laughs> night after the gig. So um, the next day I asked the lady that was friends with him and she said, oh, no, harmless, really nice guy. So sure enough, here we are at the same couch that night. And he goes, how about now? And I looked at him and I was like, well, you're vetted. So sure, let's go. So he takes me to Penny's house. It's about a half hour drive. 
And I had no idea who this guy was or who Penny was. So we get to her beautiful farm and we're sitting around a round table eating cherries for two hours, three hours. It was two in the morning. And I looked at the clock and I said, oh, shoot, I got you. Stan, please take me back to the hotel because I'm a speaker in the morning. So um, Penny says, well, let me give you one of my books. And I said, well, let me give you one of my films because I brought it in my purse. So I give her um Crop Circle Update, the wake-up call, this one. And then she hands me one of her books. And I said, well, thank you, through the pages. And I was like, wait, Crop Circle Nodes, what are they doing in your book? And she had written it with William Levengood. Now, it's already 2 in the morning. And now I learn who she is. Wait, 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 wait. How did you write a book with William Levengood? How do you have nodes? Who are you? And it turned out she was the secret partner of William Levengood for the last 16 years of his life. And I have to learn this as I'm walking out the door at two in the morning, got to speak uh, at the gig. So I was like completely flustered. Well, and I said, well, I got to come. Hold on, let me interrupt for one second. I, he wasn't really the secret partner. There was no secret about it. And he was working with a couple other people that I got to meet and also talk with and work with. So it's just that I think there was quite a bit of suppression of what he was doing. So until you came along. <laughs> so just want to correct that. Suppression, secret. Yeah, different yeah. word. And you're right. It, it was suppression. And yeah. he, paid a, he paid a terrible price for all the great work he did. He yeah. paid a terrible price and died without glory, I'm sorry to say, other than us who loved him. So um, anyway, Stan takes me back to the hotel. It's now 2.30 in the morning. And I'm going, I got to come back and spend time with Penny. Oh, my God, I can't believe this opportunity. So I go to the hotel and these two girls are standing at the front door smoking a cigarette. And I walk up and they're nodding and smiling. And I said, hi, ladies. And one of the ladies said, wow, handsome man next to you. And I'm looking like, did Stan follow me? No. And she says, he's tall, goatee, silver hair. He's got a message. Can I give it to you? And I'm like. You know, it's a little late for this, girls. You know, maybe, yeah. Mm. Okay. So she says, um, he wants you to know that he orchestrated this and he's really glad you're here. Mm. I just dropped. I was just like, oh, 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 I'll be right back. And I ran into the parking lot and I'm throwing my arms around trying to get Stan's attention. And he backed up, luckily, and I'm panting. And I said, what did William Levengood look like? He said, tall, gray hair, silver goatee. Why? And I said, oh, my God, the girls, the hotel, the front door. And Stan's just looking at me totally calm, unimpressed. And I said, I'm blown away. Why are you so calm? And his answer was, I did Penny's intuition courses. This is normal. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he drives away. So Penny does these amazing um, courses on, like you, intuition. She's got her own group back then. You know, I don't know what how many amazing groups you're doing now, but Stan had taken her course. So for him, it was like no big deal, but it flipped me out. And then I realized I went back and I said, oh my God, it was lefty. And I was brought here on purpose. So Penny was gracious enough to say, you can come back in a month because we're doing a wake for William Levengood. So I went to his wake a month later. I drove from Boulder, Colorado to Michigan twice and back. Um, so yeah, that was longer than two hours. Um, but I would have done anything to be at the wake. And it was fascinating. And the first night I was at the farm laying in Penny's um, guest room, I, I was just about asleep. And all of a sudden, I saw Lefty. 
walk through a wooden door with my own eyes. And I wasn't dreaming. I was still awake. And I was like, you know, I'm awake. And I saw him come through the door full face, body, head, toe. I mean, head to toe. I saw the whole thing and he walked right up to the bed. And I remember pulling the covers up and going, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And he actually said, it must have been in, um, not with words, but he said, and I totally heard it clear as day, I orchestrated this and I'm really glad you're here. And when I saw Penny next, I was just like, ah. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, he bangs, you know, stuff in my pantry. And so, you know, for them, it's normal. For me, it was like, holy crap. But I went through as difficult a time, I think, as Lefty did with hacking, with all these terrible, difficult things of people trying to hide my films. And um, I still put them out and I've still had so much fun. But I got hit, unfortunately, in my last gig. And I made it my last gig by a directed energy weapon. And I have had a lot of pain, a lot of difficulty getting around. Penny never thought I'd walk again, um, but I did. I have recovered unbelievably. And I'm just going to do a, a few minute brag at the end because I own the company with the guys that own the lab, C60, Carbon 60, yeah. the most incredible miracle molecule. And now even Penny Kelly's taking it. Yeah, oh, my God, God, even Penny's taking it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Which God. is huge, huge. Now, what what's what's amazing, Patty, is uh, you know, you you keep you keep a lot of us going because you know, uh, we we depend on uh, promo stuff like that to uh, be able to like focus ourselves in this arena because yeah. uh, we're all being attacked in different ways, oh. and uh, so yeah, we appreciate uh, what you do. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's a product that really um, not only helps your body, but it helps your mind. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really finding a calmness that I'm like, I should be postal, but I'm so calm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you you know, don't need to be postal. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but there's reasons, you know, as we look at the world. On the other hand, I think we are living in the greatest sting operation in human history. I am so excited watching this happen, and I really do believe it's about to go down. I think the three of us have worked our butts off for decades, really trying to bring the public the awareness. And ultimately, we haven't gone into fear because I think we all know that everything's coming to the surface to be exposed and healed. So I find all this to be a good thing, but I also have a nice place to live and crystals and food and water and C60 Evo. I'm so grateful. <laughs> um, but Penny, you are my new brag. She gave a testimony. I didn't even know if it would affect her because she's so darn healthy with her natural food and her farm and her farm foods, um, plus her lifestyle and her consciousness. I mean, we really have made it clear that consciousness has a lot to do with our health. That's right. But I, uh, she said, oh, I want to talk to you about the C60. And I'd called her about crop circle stuff. So I was like, oh, God, I'd love to send you some. So I sent it. And um, I didn't think she'd have any results because she said, Patty, I'll be honest. I'm already really healthy. I really don't need to fix anything. It's like <laughs> you're older than 50 and you don't need to fix anything. Must be nice. She's a few <laughs> minutes older than me. So um, anyway, a little bit. <laughs> When we did our testimonial a week ago, she blew my mind because she said, all of a sudden, I don't need my reading glasses and I keep leaving them around the house. Like, yeah. is your vision still better? Yeah, it is. And I'm having difficulty reading, you know, these are my computer glasses 
and I can see very well up close. Well, and I don't see very well far away, or I didn't. And now I'm like, I have difficulty with the computer glasses. I keep taking them off thinking, I can't see, I can't see. And I take them off and I can see fine. So it's something strange is happening there with the eyes. Wow. We're hearing people with correcting cataracts with C60 Evo. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Yeah. My own, my own vision is really good and it's been good. Uh, I used to have these little widget widgets in my eyes. I don't know if it was beginning of the cataracts or what, but I don't see mm-hmm. them anymore. So maybe, maybe it does have uh, an effect on the eyes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think the long-term effect for C60 or the long-term effect of it is a doubling of lifespan of the research animals. And I thought, wow, mm-hmm. okay. You know, I came in with the idea. I was going to live to be 147 so that's uh you know i'm gonna take that c60 and see what happens (laughs) you know know, right right so you know you guys you have to stick around too so that i can have somebody to say hey i did it (laughs) (laughs) we'll do our best okay we'll be doing shows in uh, another 50 years yeah so yeah who knows how the shows will be and maybe they're like uh plasma field shows or something i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh I think pretty pretty much, we are the news now we are oh yeah. yeah the guys that are i feel sorry for those guys doing mainstream news it's like oh you guys uh, yeah. you know can't you say something worth listening to mm. and they don't so uh, they, because you're right they can't and because uh, they would yeah yeah be taken down so uh, they have to they have to do what they have to do. I know. That's too bad. Wow. Speaking yeah. of uh I taking down, I might have to take us down. I have another thing yeah. at five o'clock. Okay, it's, let's uh, uh you wanna like uh anything you wanna say about your uh your website or anything like that for you? Um, just that I have a website, consciousnessonfire.com. I have a Patreon site, Penny Kelly, patreon.com slash penny kelly. Um, I have a whole bunch of stuff up on YouTube and Odyssey and uh, BitChute and Rumble and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I have a bunch of books that are available. The digital versions of the books are available on my website. If you want a printed book, you have to go to Amazon. Mm -hmm. So um, I teach classes. We do a tea. I'm involved in a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that is too long and too complicated to get, you know, to explain here. But it, it basically involves building a new world, building new. Uh oh. Um, hang on a second. I forgot. There we go. Um, and so I'm hoping to. I teach classes to develop new humans, and I'm working with people to develop communities that are based on local living communities, kind of thing. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. We'll put your uh, links in the description box. And and Patty, I uh, want to say quick words before we take off. Thank you. Uh, I'm so delighted to know Penny and to be friends with Penny. And yeah. um, it is a great honor for me when people I care about start taking Carbon 60 because um, I know that we will live longer. I know that we will have stronger immunity. And um, I don't make movies anymore. I paid such a high price, but I loved every minute of it. No regrets. I celebrate 
that I have all these films. I'm I'm really in heaven. And I think you should keep on making movies. Oh, I agree. Just switch gears. No, no. Just just switch gears, different topic. I have suggestions. We'll talk later. So much more fun. (laughs) I gotta tell you, this is so much more fun. I know. Nobody complains. Nobody bitches at me. (laughs) And everybody says, Oh my God, I love you. Thank you. And no one tries to take you out. Nope. Yeah, there you go. Nope. And I don't have just partners. My partners are the actual only guys in the world that owned the C60 lab for the last 31 years and sold to research institutions around the world. They're highly respected. And when they got with me, Big Mouth Patty, who's all over the Internet, they knew that I could sell the heck out of it because I'm walking again. It's yeah. a miracle. Oh, my God. And then I got poisoned by uranium and i live through it again it's just like boom boom i feel like a friggin' science project but my <laughs> brain is so solid um my my uh, walking ability is wounded which really sucks but at least i get around and yeah. i'm so grateful every day and again i think gratitude is another huge piece of living well and um, when I just redid my landing pages and scripts for Evo, I wanted to start out with, thank you, truckers. Thank you, farmers. And my web girl, she was like, what does that have to do with Evo? And I was like, I just really want to do gratitude. So I'm going to do it now. Thank you, truckers. Thank you, farmers. We love you. Absolutely. Very good. <laughs> Everybody, if you sign up for a monthly subscription, my partner reminded me, most people do monthly subscription because you save 20%. And you can cancel with a phone call or email, but it's good to save money. And Penny is an affiliate. Michael is an affiliate. So if you go to either of their websites, you're going to see a special link to get an additional discount on all the different discounts that we offer. But um, the reason they're affiliates is because they take it, they believe in it, and then know that it has positive effects. The reason the two of you are my favorite influencers today is because your audience trusts you and loves you like nothing I've ever seen. They don't buy because, you know, I'm telling you or the owner of the lab is telling you how great it is or, you know, reading all the testimonials. They trust you. And so it's a great honor to have both of you to work with C60 Evo because it just says something about us that you trust us. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm in the gratitude mode. Plus life is good and I can't wait to wake up one day and all the news is different. And Woo-hoo. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> all right. Thanks Patty, yeah. thanks Penny. Uh it's been absolutely amazing. Uh we almost went 2 hours. Wow, that was it was fun. It went by fast. Oh you guys have a great <laughs> afternoon and thanks for everybody that joined us and we'll see you guys next time thank you okay thank you michael thank you so much for listening to unleashing intuition secrets the podcast until next time stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality mm-hmm.